Well, my friends, it's Jerry Adams here. And as you may have heard, the British Supreme Court recently quashed convictions I had received in 1975 for two attempts to escape from Long Cash internment camp. So I thought you might like to hear a wee bit about that. Escapes and escape attempts from British prisons and attempts from Irish prisons have long been part of Irish penal history. It's estimated that more than 100 Republican prisoners escaped during the most recent period of conflict. So that period is replete with stories of prisoners swimming their way to freedom, going under walls, going over walls, escaping with the assistance of helicopters, fleeing from courthouses, hiding in transport, disguising themselves in one way or the other, tunneling, digging under and over barbed wire and prison walls. Two were killed, Q Coney, I was there at the time, in the Long Cache, killed by British soldiers during an escape attempt, and in Port Leash, Tom Smith shot dead by the Irish Defence Forces during another attempt. So back to our little endeavour. I was in cage six, and myself and Marshall Mooney, also known as Big Mick, Tommy, his nickname was Toddler, Toland, Marty O'Raw, all from the Murph, we decided to cut our way out of Long Cash. And we'd gathered up all the, the tools, the bolt cutters and wire cutters and hacksaws, and we'd made camouflage clothing. And we even had Mars bars. We studied the weather reports, and we spent months sitting up for hours waiting for the fog to fall on the cache. And of course, the fog didn't fall for us. And at times when we were sitting up all night, we used to pass the time, we used to escape from the hut. I have to say that wasn't much use, but it was very amusing. And Marshall particularly was very, very adept at this, and he kept the rest of us in stitches when he disappeared out one window and then appeared back in through another window. But it was obvious we were getting nowhere fast. So we decided that we would make a bid on Christmas Eve, 1973, during the Midnight Mass. We knew the blind spots on the wire. We perfected a method of getting to them on scene. And when Christmas Eve eventually arrived and the rest of the inmates were locked up, we four lay outside, cage six, and the gap between the internee end and the sentenced end of the cache, and we watched the camp slowly settle down for the night. It was 10 o'clock. It was also a very bright night, and we were surrounded by miles of razor wire rolled in long tunnels with watchtowers looking down their noses at us and overlooking at all. So progress was slow. We were snagged at every turn by the razor wire and we crawled along on our bellies inch 
defiance. By midnight, a slight fog fell, and that meant that security was immediately tightened and extra patrols were put in close to us. We could hear them. We could hear the orders being shouted. We saw the extra patrols that were put on the catwalk, which ran just within feet of us to our right, and then inside, cage six to our left, another patrol was put there also. The action patrols meant that we couldn't move. We had to wait until they had passed, and we used to count them, to count how long it took once they had passed, until they returned again, and then during that period, inch ahead, bit by bit. And then I heard one screw ask of his friend, What's that over there? They were very close to the wire. Ock, it's only an old football, replied his companion. I realised it was Big Mick's head they'd spotted. But they continued and, unfortunately for us, the, the vigilant screw noticed that the football had moved. And he came back again. And it was obvious the game was up. Big Mick was a, a gas man. He jumped up in a forest, he's a big man, tall man, in a forest of uh, razor wire and shouted, Ho, 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 Merry Christmas to you all, at the startled screws. And then he moved along the wire trying to draw attention from the rest of us. All pandemonium broke out. Screws were shouting, British soldiers were shouting, guard dogs were barking, vehicles were revving up. The searchlights cut through the darkness and the light fog. Sirens were screaming. And Mick, still trying to draw attention away from us, he walked on as far as he could. But there was too much light and there was too much focus on us and too big a crowd of prison warders and war dogs and British soldiers. So I stood up and I walked away from the two who were left Marshal shouted hello at me as if he was greatly surprised to see me and we rushed into each other's arms we greeted each other and hugged like long lost pals ignoring the screws, the chaos, the dogs which surrounded us but the barking and the shouting rose to a new crescendo the the desertion, the diversion didn't work and the screws threatened to set the dogs on us but we didn't go back the way we had come. And by the time we got out, by the time we had cut our way through, they were pretty fired up, and Marshall and I took a bad beating. I was wearing a pair of glasses, which I had tied on, and a very senior prison officer pulled my glasses down so that it gods my face and left a deep and ugly wound. Meanwhile, Toddler hit on the trick of shouting at Marty O'Raw in a British accent. Remember, we were all in camouflage gear. So he marched him up in the middle of the throng, shouting at him and firing insults at him with a Brit, his best Brit accent. And in that way, Marty and Tommy escaped being beaten. In the punishment block, all of us were stripped naked and put in separate cells. Incidentally, as I was taken from the search area, wrapped in a blanket past Toadler, 
he slipped me a set of wire cutters which he had brought with him, which I then slipped into my blanket, into my cell, and under the mattress that lay on a board in the corner. After we were locked up, the war dogs were set loose in the corridor outside. And I certainly feared that at any time they or their minders or the warders would descend on us in our cells. Toddler give the British soldiers a very hard time. I listened as he shouted insults at them. And I was horrified, petrified, to hear him at one point shouting, Hi, Brit, my name's Jerry Adams. Come in here, I'm going to knock your bollocks in. That was Toddler. The next day, Christmas Day, a British Army doctor came to see me as part of the routine. Can I get some cream for my face, I asked him. What's wrong with your face? He replied with a grin, looking straight at the ugly wound on the side of my nose and across my cheek. Happy Christmas, I said, and that was that. So that's my yarn about one of our escapes. Maybe get round to telling you about the other one some other time. Incidentally, given the Supreme Court decision, I would like numerous other escape attempts to be taken into account. I would like to plead guilty to trying to escape many, many, many times, including dire, claustrophobic, scary efforts to dig our way out of long cash. Ach, it's Asian scale, Ella. Slana Karja, Fan Awalya, August Fan Savalcha.